welcome to Chat Footy. We're on the World Cup Qatar 2022 and we're on day six. And to join me today, I'm going to go left to right on my screen. So first guest, we have Maf. Welcome to the show, Maf. Hello. Glad to be back again. And that actually hopefully get recorded this time. This is like the third time we've spoken this week, isn't it? I probably speak to you more than my mum uh, and more than Chris this week, weirdly. So, <laughs> Yeah, I felt sorry for Chris the other day that he did his podcast on his own, didn't he? That was yesterday, yeah, yeah, it was good. He's, he's a good solo rider, Chris. I, I can't do it myself, but he, he is good at that. And next, we have uh, From Across the Pond, you heard him before, Seth. Welcome to the show, Seth. Hey, it's great to be back. I had a blast the first time. I figured, why not keep things going well, right? No, and of course, you know, we had tonight, we've just seen England play the USA. You and I spoke, and I did say the US is a bit of a wild card, a bit, no, bit of an unknown quantity for me. And so I think going into it, a lot of the English pundits were, were definitely calling an English victory. I, I bloody knew it wasn't going to be that easy. But um, I'll stick with you. What do you think of the match? I'm disappointed because uh, I saw the opportunities. We had, for first, the first 15 to 17 minutes, it felt like the U.S. was in awe of the fact that they were going up against what seems to be the EPL's all-star squad. It's like back in the 90s when suddenly the U.S. let pro players come into basketball and everybody was like, are you kidding me? Why should any game end 162 to, you know, 94 or something like that? So it it kind of felt (laughs) (laughs) it felt like we were like, really, you had to bring out the English Supreme team like we're 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 maybe trying to make some headway. And 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 the nerves just there were some early passes where I was really just like, I don't know why you want to miss a pass today. I don't know why. It seems like this is when you want to be spot on once they shook those off. Even when we got the opportunities, McKinney's goal, you know, opportunity just skies it over because he leans back instead of forward. I get that if it's in your weekly professional game, but this is like we were talking before. The one thing Burhalter impressed upon them. Imagine every moment is the most important moment of your life during this World Cup and in every game you're playing it, even the practices. And there were moments where I didn't see that. It seemed like their attention was don't mess up. Don't you know who's around me um there were all these sort of just things that seemed to be affecting them and then once we started to build momentum it just seemed like the missed opportunities i mean we'll get to it but that final play at the end where you're like you dribble it off to the side you don't work the ball in you get it knocked out of bounds and the whistle blows that was it that was your moment you went this way the goal was that way (laughs) and because of that we're we're frustrated um and we know that it's been a bit of a pattern for the U.S. to leave things up to that last game with stakes on it to get out of the group stage. And sometimes they, they come through shiny and sometimes they crumble. And I don't like what position we put ourselves in. Seeing all the opportunities, we really could have just whew, put it away. You know, like it was there for the taking. And you know, there's going to be a lot of hard questions for the team, I think, afterwards. So that, that's my initial reaction. <laughs> Just uh, it's funny what going what, that. what you say there. I mean, leaving it to the last game, you know, making it hard work. That all sounds like England, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, usually, a draw, a loss, you know, and having to win the last game. You know, I remember the '86 one. We were pretty much all buying our tickets home. But um, math, 
What about yourself? I think we were lucky. Um, I, t- I do actually feel for the USA, I think they were miles better than what we were. We just looked mm. lacking. He, he, the, the problem is because we won 6 2 last game against no offense, not as good you know, opponents. Everyone's hyped up England like we always do, and now we're going to win the World Cup now. And we just looked. You'd get to the halfway line, and then they just didn't know what to do. They just they was looking for a pass, and no one was making a run. No one was kind of going up, you know, attacking. It just looked like they got halfway up the pitch and didn't know what to do. And. USA, to be fair, they looked like they wanted it. They wanted it more than what we did. You know, we were second best to everything. Uh, it was just, it was a disappointing performance. And the problem is sometimes we think that we're a lot better than what we are. And I think USA showed us that we was not as good as what we think we are. Um, we can criticise the the manager and say that should have played this, should have played that, but the, the players that won the pitch were good enough to win that match and they just looked like they had not a clue what they were doing and I mean Harry Kane there were several times in the first half where he held the ball up he spun his man he ran with it and then the person that he should be passing to is himself but he's so far back and there's nothing there for him to kind of build on and it was it was disappointing and to be fair you know, USA had better opportunities and we probably should have lost that game. I will ask your opinion on one that, that seemed like the moment where I thought you were really going to shut us down early and that was when Kane was one-on-one with Zimmerman and it was like, there was, I, it was the nutmeg. You'd seen it them get gr- burned on it a couple of times. <laughs> a brilliant, brilliant, a brilliant block at the end. I mean, he got his foot there and he... But that, that was the thing. There was just there were half chances. <clears throat> there were there were points where I don't know whether they were lacking confidence, which you wouldn't expect them to from coming off a you know a big win. They just, they just looked like England of old. It used to watch them sometimes, and every time you know we got attacked, you think, "Oh, we're going to lose. We're going to you know we're going to score." And it, it was that fear. Even looked like they were scared again. Whereas really, we, we've come off a good win. You know, regardless of the point, uh, opponents, because at the end of the day, everyone's there. You know, you, you can only be watching from here on those, you know, cliches that we get. But we've won well and we played well the first match. But this, this was shocking. And that, and, you know, I, the players on there, they just looked like they didn't have a clue what they were doing. You know, I mean, you know, we're armchair pundits, you know. I'm sure I'm sure if we were on the pitch, we wouldn't be that much better. But <laughs> you just feel that, that they were just lacking something. Uh, Chris in Discord said, oh, it's Southgate. I don't think it is, because the team that's put out there should be good. I mean, it was the team that won the last match, and it, they're good enough players. They just, they just didn't gel. And... I think part of it is USA. You you wanted it more than us. We did what there? It broke up in my connection. I, I missed that last thing you said. 
I, I think the USA wanted it. They, you wanted to win it more than what we did. And that we just were going for the motions. I agree with the want. Um, it was the problem was it, I love passion. It, it's challenging when passion is kind of like a, a scatter shot and it just goes everywhere because then there's there's a lack of direction to it and a final intention. And it seemed like with the execution, that was where we couldn't seem to pull it together. You know, um, whether it was opportunities and you just sort of saw there was a mispass, someone would try and lay the ball off to someone else. Someone would um, maybe do something that you would think would work. And in those moments, it was just kind of that thing where you went, I don't know why you're doing this, but you're doing it. And it's frustrating. And sadly, one of the other issues was our guy Zimmerman, who I, I felt like you want to build a strong um, momentum out of the backfield. And there were too many times where either passes going back or going forward, especially when given the choice, he didn't seem to know what to do with that passion. Like he wanted to build strong, but then you'd see the passes he'd make and they would be errant. They would be sort of half-hearted as though, well, this is my best option. And then you just sort of like kick the ball and moments like that. I feel like exposed a, a similar weakness. It was this like, okay, yeah, you've got all the passion, but what are you doing with it? And are you letting other things get in the way? Are you allowing that to override your ability to, put your foot down and pass the ball cleanly. Instead, you're so excited that the ball pops up this way, spins off in a weird direction. You're kind of like, I've seen you practice. I've seen you play in professional games against these guys for your other teams, and you do well. Is it the pressure of the stage? Is there a mixture of an issue for us about some of our youth and, you know, the, the combination of former, you know, some of the experienced players and the younger players who are, you know, not quite sure how to channel that energy. I'm not sure. But I, I do know we had some want. I just felt like we weren't directing it the best ways we could. We weren't able to channel it in a way that showed that that mastery and control. And instead, we were more subject to that want than uh, making it our, you know, like fuel and like using that. So I was listening to some of the buildup uh, on the BBC and they were talking about maybe this is a little bit this is a tournament too soon for the US which is a different tune before the tournament everyone was writing them off to be honest and everyone was saying oh, they'll finish bottom of the group but even after that first match and seeing you know the these players particularly in the first half against Wales and I think the, the I can't remember who the American chap was, and he was saying, "Well, maybe, but actually, no. I think this team can do something in this tournament as well. But maybe it's that. Maybe it's just a bit of inexperience. Maybe it's being a bit overawed. You, you mentioned about you know seeing the All Stars. I, I think personally, I think the England squad's quite patchy. You know, you look at the likes of Rashford, you, you look at Foden. How is Foden, who's probably playing for the best club side on the planet, how is he not getting into the England side when someone like Pickford is apparently, you know, the best keeper that we've got? I, and I just think it's very patchy. Um, so so maybe they, they, they felt that as well, you know. And so it is... I mean, I missed, I missed the game myself, so I'm just getting all the pieces. I'm trying to uh, Columbo-style piece everything together from what everyone's saying. And it sounds like we've gotten away with one. 
But you, yeah. you've seen it before in the tournament, haven't you? Like Canada. Canada had a great game, but they got near the goal. And just, they forgot where the goal was. <laughs> it was like there was a, a a force field around the goal or something, and all the shots were flying off. So it, it does sound like England got away with it, so we should be much happier with the draw. But um, it sounds like, you know, the US have got the good nucleus of a young side there that can maybe, you know, can still qualify, I think. Um, yeah, and still. Yeah, I think every, every, every team can... can yeah, so, you know, again, typical fucking England, quite honestly. But, um, you know, maybe they'll get through. But even so, regardless of what happens now, I think there's lots to be positive about for the next tournament. I think they said that as long as England don't lose by four goals, we have qualified. So unless Wales beat us by, like, 5-0, we should be fine. I mean, the one thing for the USA, your midfield was... One of our best players was Bellingham, and, that, mm. and he would just shut out the game. Every time the ball kind of went to him, you're, you're, I mean, I think with the USA, to a certain degree, I think you held your hopes a lot on Pulisic, and that they seemed to want to pass him the ball, uh, which he did have a good, I mean, he, he, the, 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 the crossbar at one point, mm-hmm. and that. Um, but, I mean, uh, George, uh, not George Wade, not his dad. Um, he, he played well. Uh, George Wade's son. Um, I think he did all right. But again, maybe it is a little bit. This is you know a big stage, and they've still got to get there, find the feet, and get you know because maybe another tournament. I think you would you would destroy us tonight. Um, I mean that little the that McKenny. I mean he he was lightning fast at times. You know, the, he, he played well. The, the, to, to be fair, I think all the USA really played well. It was just that, maybe that final ball, maybe it just wasn't quite coming off. You know, a bit of luck. You know, I think Pools, he, he could have had two goals on a different night tonight. There was there were some opportunities and there were some bright spots. I'd say the one that really got, you know, me going was uh, Tyler Adams. He was probably the brightest spot for me. Um, earned the car- captain's armband this time around. Um, it really made a strong showing in the Wales. I felt like he was the engine. I really felt like if there were a few more U.S. players taking on that same sort of activity who were pushing and driving, because I felt like he was one of those frustrating ones. He just sort of would bounce around. And he'd see someone like Bellingham going for an opportunity. He'd be like, hey, let's double team this guy because I'm here and I'm running around and and that's what I'm doing. And I think when you create opportunities for yourself like that, you you utilize the best strengths of the United States squad. But when you you only rely on one or two people, him doing the engine work, Pulisic doing the finishing, you, you create the expectation for the other team to go, well, we can do the same thing to your guy like you're doing to Bellingham. We just need to frustrate you enough. We just need enough pressure for things to miss because, like you said, that crossbar shot, I mean, inches and millimeters at some point <laughs> when you get down to it. The, the bit when uh, McKinney went off, I thought, oh, that, that's good, McKinney's gone off. Because he, he was, you could see he was tiring, but, you know, he was causing us problems. And Allison came on and, you know, I've, I've watched Allison play, you know, he, he plays for Leeds and, and him teaming up with Adams. Them two, they really hit it off. Obviously, they do play together anyway, but Again, they were just, they were causing us problems, and hopefully this might make everybody in England realise that actually I'm with it, 
but not probably going to go and win the World <laughs> Cup. You know, I mean, let's see if we can get out of the group stages. I mean, I don't see Wales beating us 5 0, but. Well, let, let's go to predictions then. So, Math, what, how do you think the, the next set of results is going to play out? Who's going to get out of this group? I, I, I still think we'll beat Wales. Um, I, th- I mean, Wales have to really pull something off to, to kind of qualify now. Um, but I still think we'll beat them. And uh, I think uh, I think I think USA will, will go through as well. Um, I think you know the way they played it tonight. Like I said, they should have beaten us. And that if they can play that, like that against Iran I mean Iran Iran looked good uh, they, they, they put the ball in the back of the net a few times and that you know and the one that were offside uh, I think there was another one that were almost there Iran looked good but I think I think USA could should beat them it, they just look it's like one of them teams that comes along where there's I mean there, were, there are some players that you know we know because of the premiership but it, it seems more like a team and a team performance that's that's what the big difference was tonight there was a big team performance whereas England were just a bit no one seemed to want but the ball really the one the one player I would say for England which controversial was Harry Maguire he saved us six or seven times tonight and it, you know he almost got on end of um, course I mean Gain got on the end of one at the end, and then he, he just he edited it wide. Um, but yeah, Harry Maguire probably England's best player, which you know it's not it's not smart. I thought we were going to be saying. <laughs> but it, it, he's. I was talking to Chris about this though. Maguire, if your back's against the wall, defending, that's when Maguire. That's when he shines. It's when. He's playing 15 yards up the pitch in a United side and teams are looking to get him on the counter and he's lost for pace. But actually, when he's back against the wall, he's, he's a good defender to have. So I, I think he's, he, he's a decent player in the right context. I think him and Stones work really well together. You know, they, they seem to understand that when one goes forward, but there's a good understanding between them. Um, I mean, Aaron Maguire... He's he's a bit slow and that, but he just seemed to read the the game a lot better now. And it, you put him in an England shirt, and he's a lot better than when he's in a Man United shirt now. Whether that's because there's you know whether there's more um, responsibility in him for for England, whereas in Man United there's some other players, and he may not think he's as big a star as what. You know, and the responsibilities are on him as much. You know, I mean, people criticise him, but he handles himself well. He doesn't seem to let it bother him. Uh, they did interview him at the end of the game. To be honest, nowadays, I don't see the point of him interviewing players because it's the same which we get shitted lines every time. <laughs> I know, I know it's, it's all nice. the cliches. Yeah, and, and it, it's because they've been taught how to speak to the press. Media trained, uh, aren't they nowadays? Yeah. It, it's a shame that he didn't come out and just say, 
we were shit. Oh, obviously, I wouldn't say that, but, you know, we were rubbish tonight and we didn't deserve that. It would be nice if they'd come out and do that. You could argue and say, well, that's not good team morale, but it's it's honesty. And, you know, as long as they, can, they could say it and say, look, we wasn't very good tonight, but we know where we can improve, which he kind of did, but he did it in the boring sense of, you know, well, you know, there was a good side and, you know, we've got a point and it's, you know, it's positives, positives. You know, instead of saying, no, we were, we were rubbish. You say about, you know, uh, players being media trained and, like, just saying the same things. Was, wasn't Van Gaal saying something about nailing his wife or something? <laughs> and then there was a, a, a... Was it Chris Hutton a few months ago as well was saying something the same? You know, they just won. And he's like, you know, gonna hopefully going to get home and the wife's in a, in a good mood for a bit of sexy time. So occasionally you get these gems. But, I mean, Seth... How, how do you think the group's going to play out? I mean, the way I see it happening, uh, <laughs> it's interesting to look at the U.S. and Wales coming out of their draws, right? Um, because second game for Wales, it was sort of a, oh, wow, we we lost to a team that, that England basically skunked uh, by a ridiculous number of goals. Whereas the U.S. is still, you know, in their second game, coming out of it with frustration, as well as England, who went in strong and now are facing frustration. So often it seems to me that these are the games that then decide how it is a team responds to the adversity two games in, you know, what the what the recognition is and what the response is. I think for the U.S. it's going to be about proving themselves. They're here and right now they're not showing that they deserve to be here. Ties don't show you deserve to be there. Oh, I think I might have lost. Yeah. Oh, I can see you speaking, but are you back? Uh, oh, almost. Uh, Sorry, I lost something lost off for a sec there. No, no, you just oh, froze. You just froze for a second, but but you're back. Okay. Yeah, just, someone was trying to call in, and I was, like, muting the call and trying to redirect <laughs> it. And I think because it synced with the laptop, it, it cut in there. So what's the last no thing you heard me so, say? So I'll try you, and pick up from... No worries. You were just saying uh, the U.S. aren't acting like they deserve to be here. It, it's going to look like that to a lot of people. People who don't follow the team, who weren't watching the game, who are just going to take it off the score sheet, they're going to look at two draws and say, okay... This seems like classic U.S. underperforming or not, you know, actually being as good as the hype. They're going to look to prove themselves to capitalize on those chances. They know that, you know, Iran's coming off of like a, you know, a great confidence booster. You know, they're going to be in an interesting place. They they lost one. They just won one. They, they've got a lot at stake. I think the U.S. can pull ahead if they simply finish finish where they weren't able to finish in their last two games. I mean, that was, you, you saw it time and again. They create the opportunities, but they need to do something with them when they get them. Um, I think England is also going to make it through. I think Wales is really going to struggle to come back from a draw and a loss. Mm. It's a different situation with two draws compared to a draw and a loss. And maybe they can respond. 
but I also didn't see the game well enough to get an idea of how well the, the players looked afterwards. Were they getting beat up? Is there going to be a need for other players to step up? Are we going to have a, a mixed squad that's going to be challenged? You know, these are a lot of issues that will play into. So based on that, I see the U.S. and England advancing just based on how I think players and teams are going to be reacting from the games they just had. I, I see the possibility for a couple of things to happen. I can see us totally fumbling it against Iran. I can see, um, you know, that frustration causing us to try too hard, overreach, you know, basically burn ourselves on transition and opportunities like that. Uh, I could also see that Wales could come in and sort of just stymie England with the right combination and suddenly afterwards. So, you know, this is the hard part because I can go with what I would normally expect out of this. And I also know we've been schooled heavily on our expectations about what can and can't happen. I mean, if Saudi Arabia, Argentina isn't the the warning, you know, like go ahead, open your mouth at your own risk and, you know, suffer the consequences afterwards. So that's the best I can try and do. And I probably sound like I'm like, and then I stop and put my head away again. Like, so those are my answers. And I'm ducking away from the rotten fruit and the eggs and God knows what else, because yeah, it, I'm definitely ducking, you know, you can't make, a strong prediction right now, not without knowing that, you know, later on, everyone's going to go, how smart did you think you were? Because the rest of us think you look, you know, questionable. <laughs> oh, it's a shame Chris isn't here because his predictions are generally terrible. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it, it, but he, he doesn't stop. It doesn't stop him. He, but he doesn't go for the safe ones. He goes for the wild predictions. So, uh, you okay. know, his hit ratio is pretty low. But, um, I mean, I'm just looking at it. So, I guess if the U.S. draw with Iran, then they're going to finish with three points, but Iran will be on four points. England already on four points, so that's not enough. So they have to win. They have to beat mm-hmm. Iran. And I thought today against Wales, they they looked solid defensively, which weirdly it is funny because against England in that second half, their their defending looked terrible. Um, but I I don't know. I think Wales will massively step up their game against England, and they love nothing more than to to be. England and, and kick us out but I just don't think they've got it anymore I think Bale is past it I think Ramsey looked woeful today so I do think like Matt, I think England will beat Wales but I can see the US what, what I like about um, what's the manager's name Berhalter mm. I like his fluidity I like that you know the way he sets up his team it's not one way you know he's not going to play a high play a high pressing game. You can see he's almost like one of my old managers who, who used to like Rafael Benitez. He'd study the opposition and set the team up to to essentially stifle the other team and avoid getting beat. That's one of the things, and then hopefully win as well. So I don't think in in a in a tournament, in a World Cup tournament where there's three games in the group stages, I don't think a draw is a terrible result at all. So drawing those first two games, that puts the US in pre- a pretty good position. And like we say, you know, every team can qualify going into this last game. So I, I think it's going to be fun. But I do think England uh, will win. They'll top the group. But I think the US will beat Iran. I mean... It, it was a great victory, to be fair. I mean, they—they they, that one that got 
knocked offside. I mean, the guy just wandered off. He was blatantly offside, but I mean, he didn't have to be. And I, I think their, you know, victory could have been a lot more convincing. But yeah, I think the, 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 I've seen, you know, I think the US can do them as well. They cut through Wales quite easy. I mean, Wales have now had their main keeper. He's he got their card and sent off. So, you know, which. What did you think of that, by the way? Idiot. Absolutely. There were no reason for him to come for that. There were no. I, I, I used to be a keeper. Uh, you, you do come off your line, but you he still had his defence there. There was no reason for him to come out as far as what he did. Mm. And that. And he was never going to get that. It was never. And when he took him out, it was just, it was just stupid. And that. Um, he, he he was lucky at first when you know he got that yellow card, and then he looked like he were. You could see him kind of doing this with his, you know, holding his head with his shirt, thinking, "Oh shit, I've got away with that." And then you know he, he would just obviously referee went over, and it was blatant red card. But why he came out that far? It just does not make sense. I thought it was harsh. I thought he was utterly clumsy. But he's got eyes for the ball. I, I, that's why I, I thought I, I was surprised. But I've, I've heard even, even a mate of mine, even Ben, he, he was a massive Wales fan, but he was saying, yeah, blame red card. So I've heard people say that. But when I'm looking at it, I'm like, yeah, it's clumsy. But as a clumsy defender myself, you know, I, I, I have empathy for that situation. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was harsh. I'd, I'd have felt harsh if I was sent off for that. Well, no. Nah. I'm going to have to catch the replay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's one of the ones I slept through. <laughs> I, I just think it was a, it was a bad decision uh, and he committed. But the problem is... Even if he's got his eyes for the ball, he, he, he was nowhere near it, and he just completely took the line mm. out. And that he, you could understand if he'd have got anywhere near the ball, then there's an argument for it. But because the ball goes past and his foot just comes out, and that, and, it, and his foot's high as well, so that goes against him straight away as well because his studs are high. It was just, it was just a, how the ref didn't send him off. Straight away, anyway, I don't understand that. Oh. Yeah. So I can say, Seth, I, I would recommend the highlights. It, again, you can see the sending off, but two great goals. I mean, the first one was a cracking strike from outside the box, and then the second one, cheeky little chip, great, great finish. If that was Neymar, people would be going absolutely nuts for it. <laughs> so, you know, the All fact right. it was around, I, honestly, I, I thought they were two really, really high-quality goals. But, um, I mean, just looking at some of the other games today then, I mean, we had... Um, sorry, I'm just looking. Uh, can I just, can I oh, just say, go on, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. You mentioned about Wales. They looked absolutely devastated. Uh, even after the first goal, goal went in, uh, when the second one you were saying about how they're going to uh, react to this they, they looked absolutely you know destroyed the fact that you know I mean mm. I, th I think to be fair the confidence disappeared after that uh, after the people got sent off you know they was up against it already but you know maybe maybe national pride will bring them and um, they're the playing against England so they're going to raise the game but 
yeah, I mean, to be fair as well, Bale, that first game against USA, they got the penalty, which, mm, a little bit harsh, that. You know, a bit of a push in the back. Not as bad as the Ronaldo one. No, you see, that's the thing. There's never always, you know, consistency with moving through your decisions. You know, it, there's contact, so it is a foul, but it was it was harsh. And it, you know, I mean, you play in Sunday League and that, there's no chance you're ever going to get a penalty like that. Um, no. But, you know, even in penalties, in, in premiership, you're not always going to get a decision. So, you know, Wales were lucky to get a draw there. Mm. You know, that, that's why I, what I mean about the USA to be fair yes there were two draws but on the flip side they could have had two wins just been mm. unfortunate you know today against England a couple of the chances just, just never went uh, and against Wales it was an unfortunate penalty mm. I mean you, you often can't qualify certainly not in the first game often not the second game as well unless you you do win two and then you've got a pretty good chance but I mean it, I think it is about avoiding defeat isn't it and giving yourself a chance for that last game so so that's why I think you know in a tournament situation like this is I think two draws is absolutely fine and you know you know exactly what you have to do in that last game so I, I think uh, I think the US has set up pretty well and I think in the lost episode uh, that we had, I'm pretty sure most of us predicted the US to come last in the group. So I, th- I think we predicted, most of us predicted England and Wales, but I think Wales are going to finish bottom. From what I saw, unless yeah. they suddenly rise like Lazarus, you know, they, they're going to, they, they look shot to pieces, don't they? They look like. That golden generation was about 2016, and that was it. That that was when they were at their peak. I mean, Christ, Joe Allen's still playing. Johnny Williams is still in the squad. These are players that should not be at the World Cup, to be honest. It's like, I mean, people keep saying about Belgium as an aging team, but Wales is a bit that way as well. It's just they haven't... They have one major superstar in Gareth Bale Mm. and that, but the others... They're quite well known, but they're not like the Belgium team. But they're an aging team as well. You know, you look at the tournament to be fair. There's several several teams that next time round they're going to have a completely different setup. You know, mm. we're not going to have Ronaldo. We're not going to have Messi. Bale won't be there. You know, England might not be there. But you know, it, it's. Let's see. Let's see. I think I think England will be there. I think it will be a different manager. I think uh, again. Let's see. I, I obviously hope England do well, but you know the fact that he's picking Trippier over Trent Alexander-Arnold just is ridiculous to me. Um, but anyway, uh, so that was Wales around was the first game, and then we went into Qatar, Senegal. I think. So, uh, did you, did you guys see that at all? I saw highlights of that. Um, I was asleep. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, that was like four in the morning for me, and I'm sorry. There was just too much turkey and no. stuffing, and God knows what else. So, oh, yeah, happy I was sleeping it yesterday, by the way. But uh. <laughs> thank you. Cheers. Yeah. So it, it's feasting day. <laughs> no, that's cool. 
to be fair, I was asleep. I was up until about half past eleven last night, um, talking to Dave actually. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> and then about Andor. Yeah, I had half nice. an hour half an hour <laughs> sleep, and then I went to work. So um, I didn't get back home until ten o'clock our time. Watched parts of the, the Wales game until I was kind of nodding off a bit near the end. And then obviously, it, <laughs> so this, for the last bit. So this, I can speak about this one because I, I did watch this one. Unless you're listening from work, and in which case, I totally watched the highlights. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think the um, I went into this one and I thought Qatar were absolutely awful in that first game against Ecuador, and it, it just looked ridiculous. It looked like Ecuador had been paid off in the second half to just lay off because they're so crap. But I have to say, I, I thought Senegal would be like 5-0 up after half-time, and, and they, they really had to work for it, and Qatar really did step up their game. I'm not sure if maybe they just got a bit of stage fright or something in that opening game, but they looked like better players. They they looked like handy players, you know? And um, obviously Senegal went couple up, you know, so it was 2-0. But then Qatar scored a, a really good goal as well. You know, I, I couldn't help it. I just felt a joy. You know, I, I don't like the fact that it's in Qatar. There's all these under-the-table deals and whatever but I don't know what it is it was just like an involuntary thing that you know the fact that you know this is the home nation you know they're a bit shit you know they, they're not gonna qualify out of the group so to just see them score it it to me it just felt good uh but then yeah Senegal got another goal but you know I think that that might be their highlight so uh, yeah I thought they did better than I thought they would to be fair yeah, I, there's I mean, something about a goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, right? I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think from from what I saw, uh, Mendy pulled off a couple of good saves for Senegal, uh, where Qatar could have easily, you know, equalised, you know, doing two two, and that. So you know, that was quite important. The fact that he, he did pull off a good couple of saves, you know, he, allegedly underhand, you know dealings for him to get the, the World Cup there maybe and that you know but it, it's it, I, I agree with you it was good to see him score you know yeah it's, yeah, yeah they're not because I, I think like it's not the players is it you know they it's not their fault you know and if you think this was uh, announced 12 years ago most of them weren't playing. Most of them were, were youngsters at that time, you know? So, so they've come through, the, they've set up this whole academy system. So I, I think that's why I, I kind of felt, but I didn't expect to feel that way, to be honest. I, I really, it was just an involuntary uh, sense of joy. But I mean, Mendy is, is brilliant. And I still thank uh, Tuchel for taking him off uh, for Kepper in the, in the, in the final. Uh, for the so-called penalty specialist who ended up missing the penalty. Uh, but anyway, uh, enough about Liverpool and Chelsea. <laughs> so Netherlands against Ecuador. Now I, I didn't. I saw a bit of the first half of this. I saw the uh, the first goal, cracking goal. I, I'm not sure about the keeper there. I don't think he should have got got beat on his near post. Yeah. But um, I mean, did you guys see see that one at all? 
I did between coffee making and you know waking up and sort of like yeah all that fun stuff. Yeah, it was it was a I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, I was having a really good time and I liked the I liked the uh, the fight for it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> How about you, Beth? Uh, no, I was highlights of that as well. Um, mm. But it, yeah, the first goal it looked looked a bit of a worldy, I suppose. But again. You could argue the keeper was, you know, partly sighted to, to be able to see, but, it, you know, again, he should have really been making that save. Um, Ecuador, again, I mean, from the previous game, you know, they, they looked good. That Valencia has now scored three goals, you know, he's on for golden boot, I guess. <laughs> and that, he has uh, to score too many more, does he, to, yeah. to be in contention? I mean, usually they'll get, like... Five, six, maybe yeah. seven, and and that's all you need. No one has really set, you know, this World Cup alight yet for scoring goals. You know, it's been very much kind of shared amongst all the teams. I mean, you know, we we scored six the previous game, and Harry Kane didn't score a single one of them. Yeah. You know, it, no one's really set it alight, and he looks a good player. And, that. And, and to be fair, Ecuador, again, I didn't see the full match, but from what I saw, it looked like the game. Netherlands, you know, a really good game. Netherlands are one of them teams, again, that you expect them to play really well with the players that they've got. But they, a bit like in England, they don't always gel. And that they, you know, they've got There's usually always players. infighting with the Netherlands, isn't yeah. there? You know, they, they're always arguing with each other, so they, they always. Un- or, quite often underperform yeah so you know I mean again that group is you know I'm not quite sure who's going to top their group here I I think so Netherlands and Ecuador both got four points so Qatar definitely out but then from Netherlands Ecuador and Senegal they, they can all qualify going into the last game so absolutely can't can't really call that one I, I yeah. just You'd say Netherlands will beat Qatar. Yeah, yeah. Unless they get paid off. It's, it's basically like a, a. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> that, that was Saudi Arabia against Argentina. Hold my beer. Um, yeah, that would be the biggest scandal ever. But yeah, so so you're right. Netherlands will definitely beat Qatar. So it's basically Ecuador, Senegal. I guess Senegal has to win, but a draw would be enough for Ecuador. So mm. you'd probably edge your bets a little bit on Ecuador. I think with Senegal missing out, with you know Mane missing out for them, I felt today watching the game they really missed Mane. I'm looking for highlights. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You know what? You know what I love is second time we've spoken, Seth. But it's almost I'm imagining this almost being a fever dream for you. You know, you you you're passing in and out of sleep, and and it's like oh, there's a game on. Oh, brilliant! You know, and, oh, I'm sure someone scored. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of uh, it's kind of like the moment from the Matrix when Neo first meets those guys he's dealing to and the one guy's like you ever wake you know he's like you ever wake up from a dream you're not yeah. sure he's like yeah man i call it mescaline like yeah i like i feel like i want to like have some cool line like that but no i'm sorry i haven't been doing mescaline i i, I don't have some 
person hanging off of me that everyone's like, who's she? Like, it's not <laughs> happening, guys. Sorry. The but running. yes, the, the, yeah, the, the fever dream part is, is an apt description because, <laughs> you know, like I even got a decent night's sleep, but I'm kind of like, yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know, I, I appreciate your, your uh, dedication to it because it's so hard. <laughs> the time difference is huge, you know, from where you are. So, you know, it it's weird for us. It's not too bad. It's going to be better at the weekend when you're not trying to juggle work. But basically, right. you've got a full day for us. So, uh, you know, UK time, first match kicks off at 10 o'clock and the last match kicks off at 7 o'clock in the evening so so it's basically the whole day is filled with football fucking love it (laughs) (laughs) 17 days of it it's brilliant yeah right and it was like that when we were like watching like when it was in brazil and it was like oh this is really cool you know it was all day for me too like you all you had to do is get up at like six or seven you could catch the first game and then you were kind of cruising through the rest of the day yeah but i i remember also i think 2010 was like this where i had to get up at like three or four in the morning in order to catch the first game because yeah. That's just how it goes. Like, you know. <laughs> so I think 20, yeah, that was South Africa. So that's the same sort of mm-hmm. time zone as the UK. So it'd be a little bit closer, um, but right. not too far off. Because I think they they do adjust the times as well, even for local time, you know, just to think of that global. Because, you know, everyone in Brazil is going to be watching, everyone in Argentina and stuff. So... You know, it, it is they they do play around with the kickoff times, but so just quick look into tomorrow, and this is not in order of kickoff time, just uh, the order that is showing on the BBC. So we've got Poland, Saudi Arabia. Actually, I think. What do you guys think about that? I mean, the, the way the Saudis played against Argentina. They showed a lot more fight than Poland did. Sorry, Matt. Yep. <laughs> Talked right over you. No, no, no. You, you said what I was about to say, and then go for it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed like I mean that 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 Lewandowski moment. You know that that penalty. I I just sort of stopped and went. I what happened? Like you know, this is your this is where you do this, right? And it seemed like he was like. Um, uh, kick you, you don't do that you laser focus and all that sort of thing whereas Saudi Arabia is like what else can we do you know we, we can take anybody yeah I love that sort of like I, I expect that kind of fire to be Poland unless Poland can be cool as a cucumber and, and snuff out the flames but Dave sound like you were jumping it's weird I, I never like when you saw Lewandowski walk up to the ball you know, you just have a feeling, and it's like, he doesn't look like he thinks he's going to score. You know when you, you see Ronaldo, and he's going to take a penalty for Portugal, and he blow, puffs out his cheeks, and you're like, he's this arrogant fucker. He knows this is going in the back of the net. And Lewandowski, he was just, he looked full of doubt, and it, it was strange, and it was a shocking penalty. I mean, sometimes the keeper makes a great save, and you just say, well, you know, he couldn't have done much more there, but it was a really shit penalty, and I, I was just very surprised because I don't think he's ever scored, has he, in the World Cup? It's one of those weird anomalies that, you know, he's just got and a terrible record. Wasn't he the darling in the Euros or something like that recently? I feel like there was a recent competition tournament where he was like one of the guys with the, the highest total of goals. Oh, club um, level. 
he's he's amazing you know brilliant record for Bayern I mean he's recently gone to Barcelona that was a bit weird to be honest how much he wanted to force that move through but you know uh, he's been amazing at club level but just yeah weirdly for the World Cup he's not been great so I, I actually think unless the Saudi Arabia game was was a complete fluke and they're just knackered now you know I, I I, I think I saw enough. They were so... Um, it was they, 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 they weren't just defending deep and then got a lucky break. The, the way they played that high line to play the offsides was really an aggressive, you know, being on the front foot type of play. And so I, I think they'll do Poland. Or, or at least snatch a draw. The thing is with Argentina, there was three goals that Argentina scored. It was all upside. Now, the first thing you kind of think, sorry, baby, you got away with that. Don't do it again. And they did it again. And they did it. And the thing is, they're probably coming in and thought, no one expects us to do anything. So we've got no fear. We've got nothing to lose. I mean, you say about Lewandowski, um, Messi's a bit like that. He, he, he's club level. You can say, you know, there's the, always the athlete. <laughs> Who's he did win the Copper America, didn't he? So uh, he has to do it messy at a World Cup, doesn't he? Yeah, it's like winning the World the Milk Cup, though, really, isn't it? You know, oh, that's that's a good deep <laughs> cut, the Milk Cup there. <laughs> well, it, it Going back to the eighties, so. there. <laughs> but, um, but that's the thing. Messi's never really set the World Cup. Why? And to be honest, you worry for him. You know, tomorrow, because if, if Mexico pull off something, that's them out. Well, that, that is a good segue. So, next game is Argentina-Mexico on my list here. So, uh, did you really see enough from Mexico? I know Poland were a bit flat, but I didn't really... I thought there were loads of chances for Mexico to actually have a go. And they, they just never really did. They, I think they've had better sides in the past. It could be one of them things, though, that if they just just defend it and just say, Do you know what, you know, we'll, we'll try beat you on the break, but we're just going to put, you know, all 11 men behind the ball and you're just not going to pass us. Um, either that or just take... But again, Messi, he, he got the penalty. Well, he scored the penalty. But he didn't look fantastic. I think he bought that penalty, it? by the way, but... Yeah. I don't think it was a penalty. <laughs> no, okay. Well, that's the thing. No. There's been a few like that which have been very harsh. You know, the Wales USA one, I don't... That could quite easily just a little bit of coming together. And that... It, maybe because it was Messi and it's Argentina and that, you know, they, they gave him the penalty. But again, they didn't look very good. Saudi Arabia were just all of them. Um mm. Again, Mexico could just just sit back, sit back, sit back, and then just go for the break. Because you, you know they've got a draw, get another draw. They play Saudi Arabia. If Saudi Arabia beat Poland, which kicks off before, Saudi Arabia might play a lesser team in the last game. Mexico then thinks might become all we have to do is draw. We'll win against Saudi Arabia. We're through. So you know it, it's. This has been 
considering all the controversy around the World Cup, this has been quite a good World Cup. You know, we've lost players and we're leading up to it, some of the big players. And there's been some shocking results that we would not expect, which, you know, I mean, the, the episode that we recorded that never got got released. And I, um, now I won't say that I... Uh, Release the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Sorry. It, it's, it's probably not a bad thing because I tipped Argentina to win it. So. I think I did, to be fair. <laughs> and, uh, but what, what we kind of predicted then, this has just been sort of completely different, you know, to, to the point where maybe Chris actually had a couple of good, you know, good calls there. Um, but that, that's what's been fun about this, you know, you, you're going into each game and it's hard to actually predict what's going to happen and that because you know there's just been some gems mm. some shock, shock results you know I, I thought people going into this they've been playing in the you know in the season there's a bit of a break so everyone should be fresh and it seems like not everyone's quite hit the ground running like I thought would they yeah and I think I'm sure we in that episode we we discussed that no one's ever played this type of World Cup before at this time of year, in this climate. This is a, a set of conditions there's no precedent for. So usually, you know, coming into a World Cup, we always make the excuse England players are all knackered. They, they've had a hard season, so by the time the World Cup comes around, they're exhausted, whereas the Italians, the Spanish, they're all fresh. They play this different sort of football those excuses aren't here so we'll have to come up with some new ones but um, I mean Seth what, what about yourself I mean you, you think that Argentina-Mexico game you know might be a bit uh, you know bit the one thing that, 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 that's going to make it <clears throat> Steve will enjoy this pun the one thing that's going to make this game messy I think for uh, I like for it. Argentina <laughs> is going to be the fact that those calls that we were talking about that Messi tends to get, those are the kinds of calls that Mexico knows how to get. If you watch Mexico against Poland, when they get when they get hot, they have an ability to not only create a frenzy with the play, but they also have an ability to just put their bodies into situations that will create a foul, that will create, you know, an injury, that will create a moment where you're like, What happened? I don't know if you saw it against the US, but it was Adams who did this really borrow a term, uh, cheeky move, where he was getting harassed by one of England's players and he proceeded to turn his body around and sort of jump a little bit into the path of the guy who's on his back and then he gets the foul. He knew the pressure was going to come. Whether it was going to be enough to be a foul might not have happened until he just put his body a little bit more into a dangerous situation and then took the bump and then he's down and then it's a foul because, yeah, he, he put himself in a situation to get hurt. Mexico has this ability. I've seen their players recognize where they are tactically. And if they feel like they're getting, they'll step into a moment where they might get hurt, but they're going to get a call. And I feel if you can frustrate Argentina in that way, where Messi's like, I can't even get a rhythm going because I'm getting called for fouls. These guys are diving in front of me and this and that. Depending on the ref, that could really create this sort of ugly, you know, hey, this thing's just kind of a mess. And on top of it, the, uh, the fans for Mexico some ridiculous number oh strong made it sound like Azteca yep. in that in that game they bring that sort of same sort of chaos you're Argentina your main guy's getting annoyed you're getting frustrated and you're, you're sort of in this thing where like 
okay, am I getting out of this alive? And I think that could really put the screws to it. So that's the one thing that I really see as being an interesting moment. Yeah, you've just reminded me. Sorry, sorry to cut across you there, Math. You've just reminded me. Uh, Qatar, for me, had a blatant penalty uh, waved away, and the guy did exactly what you're saying there. So he was running in on goal, and he definitely he stepped across to protect the ball from the defender. So he kind of invited the foul, but he's the one in possession of the ball. So he knew what he was doing. He was kind of getting in front of the, the ball to, f- to almost force the contact. But the player running back has made the contact. And so for me, it was an absolute blatant penalty not given. So I, I, I know what you mean in terms of that gamesmanship and just like really thinking about those micro decisions you know, that, that get made. But sorry, I cut across you there, Matt. So what were you saying? Um. I think what Seth says, I can see Mexico breaking the great game up. Every time Messi gets the ball, there'll be something so they can break it up so that that rhythm, like you say, will not be there for him. You know, each time they feel like they get it, Mexico, whether they commit a foul or it, they do seem to play a lot like how we describe uh, Grealish, where Grealish invites fouls. He's mm. I think people think he's better than what he is, but he's very, very good at bringing them fouls onto him. Um, and I think Mexico can probably do that. And they will just keep breaking the game and breaking the game up. And then post- and the thing is, I'm pretty sure that they'll probably train on that, knowing that the game's going to be stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, and then hit him on the break. And, you know, it, it could be, again, another shock. The, the thing is with Messi, right, if you cut off his supply line, he does go missing. You know, other players will seek out the ball and they'll make things happen. Messi does get frustrated and he, he just disappears in games. And actually in the second half against Saudi Arabia, that's that's exactly what happened. And And that's why, you know, at club level, when he was at Barcelona, everything was everything was about engineering to get the ball to Messi. And uh, I think Jose Mourinho, some of his notes got leaked in the last six months or so. And that was one of the things, you know, like very, very left-footed. But, you know, if you can cut off the supply line, he he will get frustrated and he'll just disappear. And so it was a real good... I think it went back to when Chelsea beat Barcelona in the Champions League. and, And, you know, it was a tactical masterclass. Uh, that that Mourinho did that that was back in the days when he was good, but um, so I mean, first game is Tunis- Tunisia against Australia. So I mean, the Tunisians played pretty well in the last game, and Australia started well. Obviously, got battered in the end, but I mean, Seth I coming to you. I, I, I think no, no, it, it's just a quality, isn't it? I think yeah. with France, you know, they've just got that amazing quality up front. But Seth, I mean, how do you think the Tunisia Australia game will go? I mean, Australia really kind of showed me something with that first goal. That was that one where we're both messaging in the chat, like, all right, so our predictions suck and we should really rethink anything we tried to say. Like, open mouth, insert foot, proceed to kneecap, 
pause, you know, <laughs> just hang out for a while there. Um, I, I feel like Australia can, can really, I think it's going to be a fun game because I think they both know that they could have, you know, done more. They started out strong. They played well. They just need things to tip in their favor. So uh, I feel like the edge could go to uh, Tunisia just for the overall frenzy. I feel like Australia has some strong stuff, but they didn't respond well after France tied it and then started to take the lead. And if they can't respond well and Tunisia gets the frenzy, I lean towards Tunisia on that one. Yeah. And if you think Tunisia got France in the last game, they've kind of got to go for it in this one. But, I mean, how about yourself, Murph? Yeah, I mean, when when Australia scored against France, you thought, wow, you know, but they seem to kind of switch off bit now I thought Denmark would have been Tunisia um, but the, they looked a hard team to break down you know even with the quality that you know I mean I, I tipped as a dark horse uh, Denmark going quite far you know they seem to struggle um, and I, I, it, it's a hard uh, I'm going to be boring and I'm going to say it's going to be a draw and that because it, it's it's one of those, it's hard, I, I think Tunisia, they look solid and hard to beat. Australia, they look good on the break, so it, it could be one of those things where they'll just cancel each other out. Mm. I think you might be right, and the last, uh, the last game... Oh, am I back? Yeah. So, last game to talk about, so France against Denmark. I actually think Denmark might be better suited for this because they're solid. And I think, you know, they might just look to soak up the pressure from France and kind of hit them on the break. I still think France will probably win, but I think this is the game of the day for me. So, Math, how, how do you think that one's going to go? Yeah, um, I think I think Denmark have some fantastic players. I for, for Christian Eriksen, I would love to see him go further, but I think France's firepower is just far too mm. much. But uh, the lost spins were Kante, Popper, and you think, oof, you know, yeah, we lose Benzema. Oh, we'll just play Mbappe instead. Oh, okay then. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, Dembele. And Griezmann. Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> oh, what a shame. And that, you know, it, I mean, Dembele looked fantastic, to be fair. He, he ran the, oh, yeah. you know, ran the show not yeah. a lot. So, it, I just think France, France have got too much, you know. And to be fair, Denmark's got a brilliant goalkeeper. And, you know, I really do rage uh, Kasper. Kasper Schmeichel, I think it, you know, mm. he, he reminds me so so much. I mean, you know, his dad, and that, he's just so much like him. Well, he uh, made he made that save, didn't he, yeah. against Tunisia? And I thought that was Peter. That was his dad. That was. That's the thing. I mean, I'm I'm really I'm really sad to see him leave the Premiership from that. You know, I mean, you know, it, it was fantastic watching him. But it, I do think, you know, even though he, he's such a good keeper. I think fans, fans will just have too much, and 
I think unfortunately they'll probably win by a few goals. And I think I think France maybe they seem to be, Brazil looked good last night, but I think France all just they've just got too much. You know, like I say, they're losing players in the the car. Who's stepping in? Oh right, another superstar, another superstar. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> like the Harlem Globetrotters isn't it it's just like oh no they've got an injury <laughs> but how about yourself Seth it's France it, it, it just will be I, I want things for Denmark I mean I mean Ericsson he stole everybody's heart you know coming back from that god awful moment on the pitch you know and, and being so resilient and then you know recently nabbing his first goal for Man United and and I want more good things for him. And Schmeichel, great legacy, amazing keeper, but I think the weapons that France has will simply wear all of that down. I think it's it's too much to ask of the team that Denmark is fielding. You know, they can, they're going to put up a good fight. They are a solid team. They will do well, but France has so many weapons and they can they can approach you so many different ways. I mean, even when... You see teams try and like restructure, like, okay, second half, let's try this. It's like it takes them a few minutes and they're like, okay, we figured out the new solution because we have that many tools. It's like when you're dealing with a master carpenter or somebody who pulls out that fifteen dollars or $150,000 toolkit and you're like, oh, this isn't going to be a problem for you. You just got to find the right tool and then you're going to do it. And that's France all the way. They've got all the tools. They're going to do it. Sorry. It's <laughs> a good analogy. I, I kind of feel like it's almost like John Matrix, you know, from uh, Commando with, with Army. Like, you know, he can smell people down, coming down. You know, you, you just fucked. Right. If you're going up against John Matrix, you, you've had it. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your tactic is. Uh, he, he will have you. Look, so... Guys, I, honestly, I, I'm just loving this tournament, and it's been brilliant. I know we said we'd do, like, 15 minutes or something, and we've been going for over an hour, but it's just so much fun to just chat about the football and, like, about the stuff, the game, the, the incidents, VAR, all of that stuff about what's happened, what's going to happen. So, um, but, can I mean, I if we wrap up again? there, so... Math, I'll come to you. Wait, Sorry, just, go. Can I do What was that? Um, have you heard about... Oh, go on, that? go on. Neymar's been injured and he's out of the tournament. Oh, he's he's got an injury, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I did weep, games. you know, for several yeah, minutes when I heard group. that news. <laughs> yeah, I, what I believe is <laughs> someone sneaks, he fell over. I, I mean, he, he did get tackled in the game, it was quite nasty, but, you know, the, the problem with Neymar is he gets tackled and I don't know whether it's the tackle or the ten rolls that he does as he kind of goes down that does the damage and that you know that, that that's you, you can't feel that I mean it's it's sad that he's been injured but at the same point you don't feel that bad because it's like he, he has got so much talent and he just seems to waste it with all this oh. play acting is it just me who's lost math uh, you got a little fuzzy yeah, math is still coming through for me um, yeah, you you froze up, buddy. <laughs> I can hear your voice. I, yeah. I was uh, liking this. I was liking so, this platform. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Um, so just to jump in on that, uh, the biggest problem, like you just described, is that he's the boy who crawled wolf. Like you don't feel bad, yeah, because you know, hey, you've 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 done enough trickery that now all we see is the deception. And even when you get it, unfortunately, now people are like, hey, well, you faked it so many times, maybe you deserve that one. And it's not a healthy thing, but it's the kind of culture and it's the. Uh, identity you create in the minds of viewers especially those who they get tired of seeing it they they you know those who have been complaining the sport's getting softer and that messy penalty in my book was about as soft as you can get i mean stuff like that doesn't help and if 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 that sort of energy is channeled in that direction i feel that you know the reception for neymar is going to be like well for all of his naysayers who said he was too weak and can't hack it he just proved him right and uh, for those who say that he's paying for all the times that he's gotten away with his deception, they're right, too. It it doesn't generate a lot of support for him. And it's a shame because he's an extremely talented player. I, watching him in that game, there were moments where the average human being would fall on their side, maybe even wind up standing on their head. And he just keeps bouncing along, just this sort of like Gumby flotation device that does things like that. So, you know, you can tell when he's so good. But, yeah, when you use those sorts of things and create an issue um <laughs> you're going to you're going to pay for it i'm, I'm sorry to lose him because the games are so much better when he's in it uh it's a shame that he's got to suffer consequences like that it's also a shame that i feel like the more deception he creates the more hard fouls he invites and to a degree this is almost like him you know paying for it unfortunately yeah, yeah i'll tap out there <laughs> so math where can everyone get you um, you can get me on that amazing social media called Twitter. Uh, it is MathUK78. Well, not so amazing anymore, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I've also... Uh, I'm, I'm, so this is a third podcast I've done this week, so uh, I'll be appearing on... Um, I'll appear on the last episode of Andor, and also there'll be one that'll be coming out uh, in the future with 20th Century Geek. Me and Dave discussed this fantastic uh, series of films called Police Academy uh, the first four uh, there was it was very interesting to talk about it it's definitely worth a listen to uh, but yeah that's me my plugs awesome and Seth how about yourself um, let's see you can find me on Twitter as uh, one more singleton that's the number one and more singleton and there's a link tree there that will guide you to a lot of places. I also do a podcast called Storytelling with Seth, which you're welcome to pop in on. And I do another one for soccer and football uh, called uh, Shoots and Channels. So you're welcome to check me out on those places. And otherwise, just type Seth Singleton into a search engine and, you know, find me where you see me. <laughs> Say, hey, I found you here. And that would be kind of fun for me. Like, All right. Hey, you found me here. Good job. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, make it a Where's Waldo. I mean, whatever works for you. Carmen San Diego. Anywho. Guys, <laughs> back at you. Fantastic. Awesome. So, and you can email us at chatfootypodcast at gmail.com or you can get us on Twitter at chatfooty. 
and yeah we'd love to hear from you and uh, if you're enjoying the tournament as much as we are guys it's been an absolute pleasure to talk about the tournament hopefully we'll have you back again uh there's <laughs> plenty more football we are like day six and and again it's going to be a whole month but the consecutive days of 17 so we're not even halfway through this marathon um, so Seth I, I'm still very interested in your fury <laughs> and how you actually <laughs> survive uh, your way through it but um, no, that's brilliant so out. thanks very much guys <laughs> right catch up with me oh in 17 God. days it's <laughs> going to be like fear and loathing in Las Vegas <laughs> right. you took too much too much too much <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But no, thank you very much, guys. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. And we'll speak to you next time.